You're listening to Steady Picks Radio. Steady Picks is your source for industry-leading sports betting data and the latest news and information to help you bet smarter and start winning. Go to www.steadypicks.com to learn all the ways that you can listen to Steady Picks Radio and let our expert hosts help you win some money. Remember, betting is more fun when you win. Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Welcome back into the show. Happy Thursday. A lot to get to today. The Pebble Beach Pro-Am will be kicking off uh, later this morning or later in the day. Got all our plays there. We, we discussed those yesterday. Today we're going to talk, we're going to touch on the Brian Flores situation in the NFL. The head coaching, paying people to tank essentially we'll get to a little bit of all that uh some nba futures i want to discuss i heard some people talking about potentially some value at the division level in the nba right now maybe not as much the conference but taking a look at the division level so i did that i've got a few plays uh in those markets that i've made and uh i will share and finally, men's tennis, the ATP Tour, is got three tournaments going on right now. Cordoba in Argentina, in France, in India. And we've got a, a few plays there, which I'll share with you. I don't normally do uh, men's, but I'm trying to... I've got the numbers for it. I've had the numbers for it. Trying to see if I can make that men's work as well just to uh, keep the tennis action going along. Ricky, good morning. How you doing? How we doing? How we doing, my man? Good, good. And, um, well, the, the NHL plays, the hockey plays have been working out fantastic. I think we went 2-1 and one every day this week. There we go. Um, so, you know, not a not a sweep, but we gained units every day this week, and... There's no NHL on tonight, so we're going to take a pass on that. But we've been doing just really, really well with the with the first period totals. It's kind of weird how how well, but, you know, still betting one unit, still just putting the same things together. And that's kind of what the mindset you have to have. You can't get, can't get too worked up about it. You know who did sweep last night, Tom? The good old steady pick system had a nice three and zero night. I'm just looking through my phone now, uh, so always good to get a little to, to bring the brooms out every now and then. Very nice, fantastic. Um, Ricky, let's dive into the NFL. That's where I've heard most people talking. You know, that's what most people are talking about right now, and. It's such a shame, and I don't even know where to start, but essentially if you've been under a rock and you don't know anything what's going on, 
Brian Flores has sued the, the league for discrimination for not getting a head coaching job. Uh, you know, wins eight of his last nine games in Miami with the Dolphins and gets fired, what, two days after the season ends. Kind of strange. So as he's putting this case together as to why it, it's discrimination against him in the coaching market, some interesting things come out. Bill Belichick's in, involved in the story in some way, shape, or form. The Broncos, John Elway, uh, is mentioned in there as well, and uh, one or two other teams that he had these scenarios with. But, Ricky, I'll pass this to you if I painted a, a broad enough stroke with that thought process. Mm-hmm. And what does this mean for the league I don't even want to comment on whether... I mean, it's obviously wrong. I don't think many people are going to argue against that. And his case is pretty, you know, substantial, I think. But big picture in the NFL, get offering to pay somebody to tank, right? The owner came out and said, hundred grand every game you lose this season. Brian Flores, that's what you get. So this is some juice. This is some juice that we're getting into, Tom. Yeah. So what does this mean for the league moving forward? Is this the start of, and this is the biggest question I have is, is this the start of multiple coaches coming out and saying, well, like former and current coaches. Yeah. The owner told me X, X, X dollars for losing games. Mm-hmm. So two two really interesting notes with this story, Tom, I think that apply to sports betting in particular. Number one, like you said, is the allegation, we'll call it, that the Dolphins owner was willing to, to pay Brian Flores for 100 grand to throw these games for each loss. But here's another wrinkle of this story, Tom, that is actually making it really interesting here. Guess um, what space, and I'm just trying to get this guy's name, the Dolphins owner. I'm drawing a blank here. Stephen Ross, right? Yes. Yep. Guess what space Stephen Ross has been investing a lot of money in over the last three years? No clue. Sports betting. Not only that, Tom, he made a $17.5 million investment in one of the biggest sports betting resource companies out there, the good old Action Network. I know you're familiar with them. So here's the thing. The bigger, I guess, concern here is that, yeah, like, he might have been offering $100,000 to Tank because he he was apparently enamored with Joe Burrow and really wanted that first mm-hmm. overall pick. Yep. But the thing is, Tom, Tom, now you involve being in, involved with a sports betting company. Um, people, I know there's like a lot of digging in going in right now between him and his circle on, you know, have these guys been placing bets over the last three years? 
So it's it's just getting a little bit muddy now that he kind of has crossed into this space as well while being involved with the Dolphins, owning the team. It's a little it's crazy, man. It's a great point. It's a great point. And yeah, I don't know. It's going to get ugly. I really think we're going to see some information come out, whether it's between one of them or other coaches, former coaches. And I don't think it's going to be pretty what we're about to do in the NFL. And it is going to tarnish these next, you know, two weeks, which are supposed to be exciting, looking up for the Super Bowl. This will tarnish that. And not only will it tarnish that, it may tarnish people's opinion of the NFL for a while. Like, it's, yeah. it's one of those, you got too big for your own good kind of things, I think, sometimes. Now, you know, Ross has to sell the team, right? So, right now, I mean, obviously all of this is just unfolding. They're not going to, they're not going to, just up and kick him off his own team, make him sell without a thorough investigation and figuring out what's going on here. But you would think, Tom, this is not looking good for uh, Stephen Ross in terms of staying involved with the NFL and, and the Miami Dolphins or Action Network for that matter. Uh, I think it's it's pretty just common sense that, you know, there, there could be a bit of a conflict with just those two things in general. But I don't know, Tom. Part of me feels like this is either going to blow over and it's not going to turn to anything massive. You know, it's just kind of this is going to be the the icing of it. Or, like you said, is this going to be the start of a lot of other shit like this coming out? I think it is. You're telling me no other coach has ever been offered money to lose games? I don't buy it. I think it happens all the time. And I think we may see this unfold here and and people come out and say that as we go um and it's hard to not feel bad for brian flores you're reading some of the the press releases like the text so i actually got sad when i read the text between bill belichick and brian flores like that was such a sad sad emotional text exchange with bill belichick i don't know if you got to read them ricky I, I briefly did. Wait, so did Belichick text the wrong guy, the wrong Apparently. Brian? Whether he did it, and there's questions whether he did it intentional, like intentionally on accident or actually on accident, right? So did he, you know, because that's what he does. But there's yeah. questions whether he did it on purpose or an accident. Either way, that was how it was framed is, hey, congrats on the new job. Oh, I interview on Thursday. Oh, yeah, 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 good luck. (laughs) Or, you know, oh, you got it or something. And then he says, wait, just to confirm, are you texting Brian Flores or Brian, whatever the guy's name was? Yep. And Bill goes, oh, my bad. The other Brian Uh, got that landed the job. Sorry about that. This was before he even had a chance to interview. And so that right there, you read that and literally makes me sad. Like, I get emotionally sad about reading that. And then you hear the story with John Elway, how, you know, they he had an interview with the Broncos. They showed up two hours late, were obviously, like, all hungover. They were drinking the night before. They bullshit the interview the whole time. 
and he doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, all of these things were just so um, sad. Like, I felt genuinely sad for a guy who won eight of his last nine games in the in, in an NFL team that's not very good, but they won eight of nine. I don't know. Tom, you know I, I really like that Miami Dolphins team. Since childhood, you know, yep. I've, I've been a, you know, I like the team. I thought this was the best head coach they've had since I've, you know, followed the Miami wow. Dolphins. But that wow. being said, I wonder, yeah, I just, I just feel like there was so much. After reading some of this stuff and, you know, the 100 grand per loss, which was two years ago, over the course of his his coaching tenure, they're just I, I gotta imagine there's probably just so much stuff that went into this separation um that <laughs> you realize now it probably had nothing to do with what was going on on the football field. It couldn't possibly. You win eight of your last nine and you get fired the next day. The second the season ends, you're fired. That is unheard of, Ricky. And we, we've been following head coaching changes and fires and whatever for a long, long time. That is unheard of. That happens to people that are too. That happens to somebody like Ehrman. Joe Judge. Or Joe Judge. That's the kind of person that happens to. Not somebody who wins eight and nine playoff push. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, my only thing with this from the Flores, and then all, I don't want to overdo this topic but i wonder like he's such a good coach that you got to imagine even if he didn't get let's say he wanted the bills job or whatever job sparked this uh lawsuit here like your opportunity is going to come you're a great coach you have a great track record so even if Will in a worst though? case scenario you know you don't get the job you want this year you're still you're still in a position to grab one of the premier head coaching jobs in the future. I don't I don't know if I agree because all the jobs are pretty much taken at this point. A lot of them are taken, right? Have been kind of filled. Yeah, a good a good chunk of them, but I'm saying Tom, even if even if this year, like what's let's say worst case scenario, he either takes a year off if he's not willing to be a coordinator or something or I don't know. I just wonder if this whole thing is going to help his his goal of becoming a head coach again in the least amount of time possible. I still think he's going to have the monkey on it. Now he's kind of got a you know something baggage. He's got some luggage. Yeah. With this, yeah. whether he is proven right or wrong, or he is right or wrong, and, and whatever, he's got a little bit of luggage that you got to bring with you. And on the, the last thing I'll say is, what are the Dolphins going to do? They have no coach. Is there any individual, any coach in the entire world that would step in to the Miami Dolphins organization and take that job right now? You're out of your mind. Don't have a bad team. I know, but who's going to take that job, Ricky? With all this stuff going on, who's going to take that? It's going to be four months before they have a job. What are they going to do? It's going to be the middle of summer and they got no head coach. Who's yeah. going to take that they, job? They need, someone, they need someone with some heavy Alabama ties, I'll tell you that, with someone who likes Tua because they're going to be stuck with them. The, but, yeah, Tom, it, it's going to be interesting. No one's taking that job. That job will be vacant for months, potentially. 
no yeah, money. Will be interesting jumping to in see. to work for Ross, who this all this stuff. You want to go work for him? You out of your mind? Still a fat paycheck, though, Tom, and a head coaching position in the NFL. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I but don't I hear see. you. I hear you. It's 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 a very uh, it'd be a toxic environment to walk into. Big time. All right, that's enough of that. But that was the big news circulating, and had to share some of it. I did have some thoughts. So thanks for entertaining me with with a little bit of that, uh, Ricky. I, I want to switch over to the NBA. And okay. discussed. You know, we had Clive on yesterday. That was fantastic. I had a few questions I wanted to ask him. We just didn't quite have the time. We kind of ran out of time to ask him these questions. So I figured we'll talk about this today in the NBA. And it's NBA futures, but not just, you know, championship futures. I'm looking at division futures. And I... I Read and heard some things about people looking at the division future market for some opportunity, and I think there is. I do think there is. Um, Let's take a look. So I will go ahead and give a few of the plays. I think I made three plays in this. First play I made is the Sixers to win the whatever division they're in. I haven't said these Atlantic division. And these are, you know, in NBA, the divisions don't matter like we're used to in the NFL. So that's why I think there's some opportunity here. I bet the Sixers to win the Atlantic Division plus 110. It's down to minus 110 right now. I still like it. The Nets are minus 110. Sixers minus 110. Everyone else, Celtics, Raptors, Knicks are way 25 to 1, 40 to 1, 100 to 1. The reason I like this one is I think the the Nets, while they're the favorite to win the like NBA championship, they're the favorite to do everything here, I don't think that they're going to end the season particularly strongly because they still have not played with all their players on the court. I mean, that's hard to do. On top of that, they do have a pretty difficult schedule. They're well, they're right in the middle of the pack with strength of schedule left. They play the Sixers once, which is great for that. They play the Cavaliers three times, the Bucks twice, the Jazz twice. So they've got a, a somewhat difficult schedule remaining. They've lost six straight, Tom. Yep. Is and that insane? It's crazy. And I don't believe they're really trying that hard right now. They're kind of coasting to the playoffs, trying to figure their team out. They're hurt. They're not. They can't play. I think they're kind of a mess. Oh, and by the way, the Sixers are currently leading that division. They're two games up in that division. And they're minus 110 with the Nets. So you're getting a lead and you're getting... The team that's in first place, seven and what are they? Eight and three, eight and two in their last ten. The Sixers, seven and three. Yep, seven and three. A little, a little juice on the Nets though to to dive in here for a second, Tom, because this team is like, uh, what do I want to say here? Like, if if you care about like internally the culture and uh, 
things like that, like they're not in a good place right now. And I think the six game losing streak is a perfect example of that. So the Nets, Tom, James Harden's very unhappy, right? He's not liking living in Brooklyn. He's not liking the Kyrie Irving shit that's going on. He's kind of hurt. Um, he's kind of not. He's kind of hurt. He's not. Yeah, his health hasn't been there. He, you know, it's just not really working out well with, with him. And I just wonder with this Nets team. So we fast forward. They're obviously a playoff team. But if they get in the playoffs, are we really going to have, like, is the Kyrie situation going to be resolved before the postseason, or has that ship sailed, Tom? No. No. he's. It's not getting resolved. I don't see how it's going to get resolved. It's going to be he plays the away games in the playoffs, and he doesn't play the home games. Because I keep I kept saying to myself throughout the year, oh, they'll fix that. At some point, that will get figured out, and they'll have their core three on the court every night. But as we... As we approach, you know, we're in February now. It's I think it's time to, like you said, start assuming that that's not going to be the case. And if that's not the case, Tom, I, I'm all Sixers with you here. And not to mention, uh, well, by the way, Sixers plus 105 at uh, plus 105 at Fanduel. The Ben MGM number is minus 110 right now. 105. That's the best number that I see. The disrespect here to get, I mean, to price the Nets at minus 120 on FanDuel. They're two games back. This reminds me a lot of the Giants through the baseball season. How just disrespect, disrespect, disrespect. Plus 105 is a really good price. Oh, and by the way, trade trade deadline's coming. And you hope that they're going to trade Ben Simmons and get something that's going to propel them even further. It's not sounding like that's going to happen either, unfortunately. Like from all the – that's one thing, Tom, I do religious research on. And uh, especially like if we ever get a Woj bomb or someone really credible close to the situation, it's a consensus. Daryl Morey will not budge because that's his ticket to James Harden in a sign-and-trade in the offseason. So I think Sixers fans should should start to prepare to just have a benched Ben Simmons. That's nonsense, man. It's nonsense. I'm telling you though, Tom, it's it's like it's the likely outcome. What a disaster of a I don't even want to get into it. I don't even want to start talking about that. Just an absolute disaster. You you have Joel Embiid in the prime of his career and oh by the way, these big guys don't last very long. If you haven't realized if you have your eyes open, these big guys don't last a whole lot of seasons at an elite level. So, yeah, let's piss away a whole season here because we don't want to trade because we don't want to get fleeced for Ben Simmons, who, oh, yeah, isn't even that good. They say that Embiid is enjoying like the new offense without Ben Simmons. It's created a lot of space for him. He's just got a lot of shooters around them. So, in terms of Embiid's production and just overall fit and scheme, Tom, he's really thriving without Simmons. As you can see, just look at the MVP. Yep. He's surged his way as the favorite. But, man, I agree. It just sucks because, like, you throw in another all-star piece. Not even all-star piece, right? It doesn't even have to be. 
Just yeah, another... but it should be Tom. He Ben Simmons, you should get an All Star caliber player back. Know. You can't give him away. That. I don't know if I an All Star player. I'd rather make Ben Simmons sit the remaining four years of his contract out than give him away and let him get his way for something that doesn't benefit my team. No, but no, 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 Ricky, you don't actually. I'm making that, that man rot, Tom. It, that's Go no, broke. that's a no, 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 no. That's a wrong way to think about it. That's putting your revenge against Ben Simmons in front of the team winning a championship at some point with Embiid. Because the best thing they can do is trade Ben Simmons. I'm not saying trade him for anything, but trade him for something that you're relatively happy with and move on. Like, to say you're going to get an all-star in return is tough. I don't know if that's the market for Ben Simmons. With everything that he brings, the baggage and all, I don't know if that's the market is a true all-star caliber player. But get somebody that makes you happy and move on. And, oh, yeah, and make your team a whole lot better right away as soon as you make a trade and get even a relatively good, great player even. Makes your team way better instantly. Yeah. He, truthfully, Tom, like hearing his name even, let's move on from this because literally hearing that name of Ben Simmons, it makes me cringe. I think it makes our entire city of Philadelphia cringe. The guy's a, we should have an episode and just bury him one day. <laughs> Send it to all the Philly outlet uh, media outlets, but Let's move on from that baby, Tom. All right, Sixers. Let him plus cry, cry his way to uh, to being broke. Really, lose <laughs> another nineteen mil, Ben. Plus one hundred and five on Fanduel. That's a great. That's still a great ticket there. The next one is the Central Division. So, Ricky, writing these down. I got Sixers plus one hundred and ten to win the Atlantic Division. Yup. Yup. Central, the central. central division. Bucks are minus 105. Bulls plus 185. Cavs plus 300. That's at FanDuel on BetMGM. You got to do your shopping. That's all I'll say. I'm not going to go through every single book, but you got to shop these things because they're very different. Cavaliers plus 375. I'm thinking is, the, is well, it is the ticket for me. They have the 20. Oh, Tom. What? You're taking the Cavs? I'm taking the Cavs. I'm taking the Cavs. They're two games back. All right. Two games back. That's literally nothing. Seven and three in the last 10. That's better than the two teams above them. The Bucs are going to coast into this, into the playoffs. I don't, they're not desperate to win this division. And then you're talking about the Bulls, and they're two games back. Cleveland has the 27th out of 30 easiest schedule remaining with an average strength of schedule of 478. 478. The toughest teams they play, they play the Sixers four times. The Heat once, Bucks once, Nets once, Cavaliers once. They have two games remaining against the Bulls. Those will be very important. But average strength of schedule of 478. You look at the Bulls, average strength of schedule remaining, 525. That's good for fifth in the NBA, fifth hardest remaining schedule. They play the Suns twice, 
the Grizzlies, the Sixers twice, the Heat twice, the Cavs twice, the Bucks three times. They play a lot of tough games. Those are their toughest opponents. But they play a lot of tough games and not that many against the bad teams. For all of those reasons, and I think the Cavaliers are, are more motivated than either of these other two teams. Chicago's got some injuries, so does Cleveland, but Chicago's got some injuries going on. What right odds now. did you get here? This better be a plus 800, plus 900 bet. Three, 325, plus 325 at, at uh, BetMGM. Yeah, I can't, I can't say anything because I hated your Giants baseball pick equally this much, and it cashed, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kind of, yeah. I, Why I is it just because you're but, like, does what I said not like the strength of schedule is important? They're two games back. They're playing good basketball. What about that? Up, is, do you not like? I think their team is 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 really banged up. So the the squad that put 31 wins up isn't necessarily there anymore. And in their they did they're seven and three in their last ten. They lost to the damn Rockets last night. And a little thanks to Clive for uh, touching on that game yesterday. I stayed off of it, Tom. That was an interesting game because the line uh, moved like four or five points in the Cavs' direction, and they still lost outright. So I don't know, man. I think I think I just don't believe in the Cavs quite as much yet as uh, you know. I know they have a good record, but I'm I'm just not buying it yet. I think they're uh I think they're a fringe playoff team at best. Oh. And uh that's not gonna really? win the central. That's just my thought. Yeah. I don't know, Tom. I'm I'm not sold on them. I'm not sold they on them. They have one them. of they the highest a, differentials, point differentials in the entire league. They only trail the big boys, the Suns and the and the Warriors. But they had four point three point differential. That's good for fourth in the NBA as well. I think this team, I know they're banged up, but so is everybody. And at 325, again, is it likely? No. It's 325. What's, you know, the implied percentage of that is fairly low. So I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying for what that value is, it makes sense. The Bucks don't care. You got to catch up to the Bulls. You play the Bulls several times. You beat them. It looks fantastic. So, I don't know. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. Great coach, Cavs. I'll give them that. That coach has really turned it around. Got to got to tip your cap. Plus three twenty five there. The other one that I looked at, um, and I did take. So, we'll get the other ones out of the way. The Pacific Division. The Suns are minus four hundred. There, Warriors plus two seventy five. I don't want anything to do with that one. Suns are three games ahead right now. Those two teams are just too good. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't need anything to do with that. Southeast division, the Heat minus a thousand. Yeah, you know, makes sense. Southeast division, Charlotte Hawks, Wizards, Magic. None of them are catching up. Yep, agree there. Last one, Grizzlies minus 450, 
Southwest Division, Grizzlies minus 450, Mavericks plus 325, and then Spurs, Rockets, Pelicans all below. Honestly, I almost <laughs> I almost bet the Grizzlies because I think it should be way higher than minus 450. Like, w- way higher, Ricky. They're six games ahead. The Mavericks are, I mean, come on, the Mavericks? They're six games up right now. I think the implied oh. probability of this is way higher than 450, but I won't, and you can't tie up a futures bet at minus 450, but I think the implied probability of that is much greater than minus 450. Agreed, man. I, I love that Grizzlies team too. Like, look out for them in the postseason. They can, they can hang with anybody. Which leaves us with the Northwest Division with the Jazz at minus 500, the Nuggets plus 375, Timberwolves, Blazers, Thunder. And I'm curious what this price is elsewhere. So we're going to... Okay, Nuggets are plus 480 on FanDuel right now. And I'm putting a little bit on the Nuggets here over the Jazz. I know they're a little bit beat up. But again, you look at the strength of schedule. You look at the Jazz kind of coasting in to the playoffs. I'm not sure I 100% buy it. Denver, strength of schedule, very, very nice. When's Jamal Murray coming back? You have any clue? Uh, No, I don't know. Because if he's coming that. back soon, Tom, that's a you know that's a that's a big piece they get back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and they're only two and a half out. They're two and a half out. They are beat up, but you know so is the Jazz. They're missing some players. Yeah, Jazz just lost a key player for the year uh, earlier this week. Yep. So so Denver strength of schedule four Utah strength of schedule, 507. Pretty big discrepancy. That's good for 20th for Denver, in, like remaining schedule in the league. Utah cracks into the top 10 with number 10. Hardest strength of schedule remaining. Hmm. So I just thought, uh, you know, I made three bets there. So uh, let me give you the price I actually got on the Nuggets because I see a 480 now. I didn't see that before. That was not there uh, yesterday morning when I was doing this, so I got Ricky. So we so we have it here. Uh, Denver plus four hundred, Cleveland plus three hundred, and the Sixers plus one ten. And there's better prices out there right now. So if you're still looking to get involved, you you definitely didn't miss the boat here. Vandal's got a great number on Denver. They've got a great number, or BetMGM's got a really good number on Cleveland. Do your shopping. Do some shopping, but I think I think there's some opportunity there to, to play some dogs. Love it. Uh, Ricky, that's all I got for us today. What a great show. That was good. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any plays in anything today, Ricky? Uh, you know, Tom, I'm... I don't like betting basketball this early, specifically. I've been burned in the NBA. Every time I make an early bet, I get a Jimmy Butler or someone else who who decides not to play. So I might I might have a couple plays today, but I just don't want to. 
I don't want to give them out before I feel 100% good. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I do have a few tennis plays. I will get them posted on the show. I'll read them here quickly uh, but on the website, but they will be posted. David Goffin, plus 135. Lorenzo Sonego, minus 190. Sebastian Baez, minus 105. And Carlos Taverner. Taverner? That sounds, that's definitely not the way to pronounce that. T A B E R N E R, plus 105. Those are the four tennis plays on the men's side today. Play those for a half a unit each. Love it. Um, final note, too, just as a little Super Bowl line movement monitoring here. We got a pretty much a consensus four and a half here on uh, Thursday. So just we'll keep an eye on it, Tom. We'll keep an eye on it. So but. my Rams minus three ticket is looking very, very nice after all. Oh, yeah. That, th- that three and a half is, is long gone. Whether it lands. And again, this is where the this is a conversation for another day. The closing line, people go back and forth because three and a half to four and a half. What's, you know, you're telling me it's got to land on four, but never know. If this game were to be played 10,000 times, I bet it happens a few. And that's all you're looking for to get an edge, right? That's a good way to think about it. Steady Picks yep. Radio, wake up and wager. Thank you so much for listening today. Find us Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, steadypicks.com. Thank you so much. Good luck today. <laughs>